You are listening to the Why I Love Disney podcast. In this episode, we talk about Disney at the Oscars, the winners, snubs, and our very own list of who should have won. Also, we discuss David's continuing Year of Disney challenge and his take on the book Walt Before Mickey by Timothy Sussanen. Are you ready? Let's go. Honestly, I haven't seen Frozen 2 yet, so yeah. it's hard to say, but I cannot imagine it's better than Toy Story 4. Well, Toy what Story you 4 think? is... You've seen it. What do you, was it be- better? They're both... They're just so different. Gotcha. They're just so different. They're so different. But, so. you know, maybe Frozen 4 will get nominated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> maybe. When they wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Frozen 4. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. I'm Dustin. I'm David. And we are here today to talk about Disney news and a year of Disney updates. So excited that you would spend your time with us. Um, let's get started. David, first of all, have you had a good week? I've had a great week. How about awesome. you? Uh, it's been fantastic, actually. It's cold and rainy where yes. I'm at, and I'm ready for sunshine. Um, but overall, been a pretty good week. And we had, let's see, the Oscars were this week. Yep. We're going to talk a little about that Oscar in a little while. Night. And anything big in your life going on? I just finished a great book uh, called Walt Before Mickey. Also, as part of your year of Disney yeah, Challenge. finished the book. All right, yeah. let's talk about that in a little bit, too. We'll get right. there. Um, but yeah, let's just jump into the news. Um, the first thing we talked a little about last week was Disney Plus subscribers. And they were going to announce earnings, I think, last Tuesday. They did. Um, it looks like, to me that they kind of missed some revenue estimates, which is not probably a big deal to most people listening to this or anyone really, Um, except there was a really interesting number that I think everybody's somewhat interested in is that Disney Plus seems to be doing really well. I think they announced 28 and a half million subscribers to Disney Plus in the first quarter that has existed. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Um, I think... It's interesting how Wall Street works. It's all expectations, right? So it's like, um, well, if they didn't hit this number or this number, it could affect stock price either way. But however way you cut it or whatever the expectations were, 28 and a half million subscribers for a $7 a month service is massive. And they say there's, I've read there's losses still on it, which may be so content creation, getting the service platform scaled up. I know all those things are expensive. However, by my math, it's looking like about $200 million of revenue per month extra for what they have right now. (laughs) That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Even for Disney, 200 million a month is one, what one let's, well, that's $2.4 billion of revenue a year. They're going to be making some money off of this. It's pretty amazing. Really soon. And, and the, the growth acceleration seems to be at a nice clip. You know, you talk about a company like Netflix, for instance, who, you know, have been existence more than 20 years now. And I think their subscriber base is like 158 million um, subscribers, which is an impressive number. I think Spotify, who has been now in the United States roughly about 10 years, they there's uh, I think premium subscriptions are like 120 million subscribers for music, you know, and so for Disney to come in in one quarter, like in, in three to three months, yeah. you know, drop, you know, almost 30 million subscribers. It's huge, huge business for them. And I think this bodes well on the, how much money they're going to be spending and investing in this for content creation and more new awesome shows coming in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited. I think that's good news overall. It's amazing. I'm no like, you know, 
prognosticator or financial analyst or anything like that. But it looks like most people think that's a pretty impressive number too. So that's the kind of the big and good reviews on new shows. I mean, yeah, lots of good. Some of the new shows that are out, I've I've perused through a little bit. Have you seen anything come out this year? That- I have I have several. I've got to get caught up. I've been working I've been working on watching so many things from the early wall years that yeah. the, the the last month. So I've, I've got you a lot. Of, get ahead of yourself. Yeah, you can't get to the new stuff <laughs> that just created. You're going. Well, backwards. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to do some at the same time. We just I just haven't had uh, enough time to see all the new shows yet. But Correct yeah, me. you want to see it all in order. You can't like you got it. You'll get your. <laughs> no, I'm your, not. Your, eyes it's gonna hurt your eyes don't sit too close to the tv <laughs> if you're gonna watch all this stuff no i think the the diary of future president my kids yeah. are excited we haven't gotten to that yet but that's in the middle of that season there's one timmy failure mm-hmm. um my kids are excited about that too still haven't dove in yet so yeah lots of cool stuff coming to disney plus and yeah and um i think the mandalorian is in october um yeah that feels like so far away yeah it does but you know with the new way they do this like the streaming things and the i, I don't understand the eight episode seasons and the 10 episode seasons. I mean, you get this across the board. It's not just Disney. It right. just seems the way they do things now. Even like the last, like if you're, if you're anybody was into game of Thrones, the last season of game of Thrones is huge with like six episodes. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, why, why, why would you be, why not? 12. And it's, I know there's cost things involved with this, but whatever, but I really hope that like, we're not, we want more of this stuff mm-hmm. and we've proven that we are, especially for something like the Mandalorian, we'll just line up and we'll just watch whatever they show us. So why not do 10, 12 episodes? Why not? What do you think? I don't know. I, I just, uh, I do know uh, we, we, we talk about this in our families that how many times we've said, wow, that's not going to come out until 2021. And that seems so far away. And then you blink and it's, it's here and you go, wow, time goes faster than you you always think so we'll blink and it'll be it, it'll be October and we'll be watching it but right now I think it seems a long way away I, I wish that would, the episodes were done and ready to go yeah I, I think too they've delayed the um, Obi-Wan series yeah with Ewan McGregor which is going to be really cool I think too um, but uh, rumors are they delayed it because of, of scripts it's a similar in story to the Mandalorian and the yeah. Mandalorian success has been like them to make them go back and reinvestigate. Wait a second. We got to change some things up. Um, you yeah. and McGregor has denied that he says it's just normal stuff and you know, they're making it better and all this stuff, but I don't know, I guess we'll see, but, um, clone wars final season is coming out soon. That's exciting too. So yeah, lots of good stuff. I'm excited too to transition one of these days. There will be an original Disney plus movie that is nominated for an Oscar <laughs> like Martin Scorsese in the Irishman yeah. on Netflix made for Netflix movie um, nominated for best picture this year. And the Oscars were last night as we record this and we thought we'd take a minute. Let's talk about Disney at the movies. Um, really exciting stuff like that. We both watched um, the bulk of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I stayed awake to the very end actually, which is rare for me and things like that. But um, we did. What were your takes on the, on the Oscars in general? Do you, do you enjoy award shows? You know, I, I actually do. I love, uh, I love, it's one of the reasons I, it's one reason I love Disney. Mm. I really, I, I thought about this as I was watching the awards is a lot of Disney movies have people uh, achieving, overcoming, and uh, just doing things that are, you know, against the odds. And so you kind of feel like that every time you watch, you know, somebody win an Oscar for the first time or, I mean, it's, it's really hard to win an Oscar. 
I mean, it's really hard to get to that place. And so it's, there's, it's like, wow, that's really an accomplishment. So for, I, I love that about that. And that theme seems to run through a lot of movies yeah. that I like. Um, but, uh, so even watching that, I was like, some people that I'm not even a great fan of, but then I'm like, it's just fun watching people win. Sure. So, so I do like that. I mean, I was, uh, my favorite part was probably getting, I, I was really glad Toy Story 4 won. Big Disney news, animated uh, yeah, um, movie. I, I do. I really think, the toy, I mean, Toy Story 4, I think is excellent. I do too. And I mean, just the, the, um, sto- the stories very good, but the, but the production and the, the animation of it is just amazing. Yes. Really just amazing. Been watched twice more in Disney Plus this week in my house by yeah. my kids. It's a great movie. Yeah, great it story. Is. It's just when you go back 20 years and look how far mm. that has, how, the, how much this animation has progressed. It's just amazing. It's just staggering. Very deserving. Actually. In fact, I was, I was sitting there thinking if this doesn't win, there should be a riot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, maybe not. You know, we're peaceful people, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it was the favorite and needed to win. Um, yes. And, and a lot of people were very upset that, uh, you know, F- T- Frozen 2 didn't even get a nomination for that, for that spot. I think, so. listen, I think Frozen is great. I think Frozen 2 is, I have I actually, honestly, I haven't seen Frozen 2 yet. So yeah. it's hard to say, but I cannot imagine it's better than Toy Story Four. Well, Toy what Story you Four. You see, what do you? Was it be- better? They're both. They're just so different. Gotcha. They're just so different. They're so different. But so. you know, maybe Frozen Four will get nominated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> maybe when they wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Frozen Four. I mean, well, just, they probably will be. Yeah. You know, they, they don't tend to stop when right. something's like really successful like that, which I don't want them to. They're all good. I mean, that's the thing about the sequels with the animated movies. Mm-hmm. Toy Story, all the Toy Stories have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. All the, I think all the cars have been really good in their own way. Right. Um, the Incredibles. Incredibles 2 is fantastic. So yes. I haven't seen Frozen 2 yet. I'm sure it's great, but I, I, the thing, I think Pixar does really well is the, these sequels, they take these characters that we know and love, that they don't have, they have a track record of making great stories and, and developing these characters even more and making us fall more in love with them, which I think mm-hmm. is a testament to them. You know, it's not like Karate Kid 16, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But that, that was a big one. Um, Toy Story 4 won. What other Oscar moments, Disney Oscar moments were there last night that you saw? Well, there were several things that didn't win. Some uh, movies that were nominated from Endgame to uh, Rise of Skywalker and uh, and and Frozen Two was nominated for Best Song. It did not mm-hmm. win in that category. And uh, these are the Toy Story. Randy Newman song. Randy Newman song was nominated. It also did not win. Was so it Don't were, Throw Me. Well, it's a great song. What? What is? I'm blank on the name. Don't throw yourself away. Yeah. Oh man, he's so That's good. That's great. It was good, and that was great. I enjoyed watching him perform that. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And and watching Adina with a cast of Elsas from around the world. Elsas was... from around the world. <laughs> All the different Elsas. That was an interesting moment. It's yeah. good. Describe it to, if, if you weren't listening. Describe that to well, Adina. Adina Mazel, yep. who plays. Uh, who is the voice of Elsa in the U.S., sang part of the big song Into the Unknown, but they had all the Elsas who voice, uh, all the ladies who voice Elsa around the world on on all their product, you know, um, singing with her, several people. Pretty cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about, we get so, uh, we're so used to thinking, oh, she's the voice of Elsa, but thinking in all these These other other countries. Uh, there are other women for that part. So. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yes. 
And Disney has a way of pulling that off too. And I think it's an Oscar worthy moment. Like those are iconic kind of things that I think actually if, if I were critiquing, this is an award show podcast, but the Oscars this year in general as an award show, I thought there were several big iconic moments where they tried to appeal to broader bases of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that being one of them. Um, I even thought, man, this isn't Disney related, but Eminem doing lose yourself, a song 18 years old, you know, where you had all the iconic songs tied to the movies and then it it ends with him doing lose yourself, which I thought was odd because I don't think of that movie being like, right. And, but it won, like it won uh, best song 18 years ago. Right. And I guess the interesting part was he wasn't there to accept the award. Right. And so he, so he came back this time and did it. And that was just sort of, it was an awkward moment watching the crowd, <laughs> all those weird people in the crowd, old, you know, white people bobbing their heads, <laughs> you're trying to dance to it. But I thought it was a cool moment along with the Elsa moment where they, the Oscars themselves were trying to kind of reach bigger and draw more people in as opposed to, I think critically in the past, they're a little more exclusive and eclectic and they kind of push people away mm-hmm. um, with some of the nominations and some of the, you know, archy stuff and so I thought that was a good moment for them, the Elsa, the whole production with that. Yeah, the more good. Disney they can get on the stage, the better it is for the <laughs> Oscar, just plain and simple. Yeah. So any other Oscar moments that you that you remember from, that ties to Disney or, or otherwise that since we're just talking about no, it? Nothing that really jumped out to me. How about you? Um, no, although I was perusing through the news and saw that Kirk Douglas died. Oh, yeah, that was. That and, was, you know, they always had the in memoriam kind yeah, of thing. Um, he was in that. He was in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. What, what other? I, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. What do you know? Any other Kirk Douglas movies? Any Disney movies he was was in? I think that was the only really? Disney movie he was in. Um, but it's just a legend, you yeah. know, legendary actor, and you know, his kids have been in Disney movies, right? Isn't he the father of Michael Douglas, who is the father of Amelia? Emilio Estevez, their brothers, Mighty right? Ducks. Mighty Ducks, right? So we have some Disney ties. Yeah. Um, I get all those kind of got the Kurt Russells and the, all those mixed up, but they're not. That's Kurt a Russell, family. I don't think that, that's definitely not the same family. But he was in a ton of Disney movies. A ton of Disney movies. Uh, that should be a podcast episode, too. Some we, we, Kurt could rank, Russell we could rank Kurt Russell movies. Rank the Kurt Russell does the Disney actually movies. would be fun. I've not yeah. seen that uh, <laughs> before. So that's it as far as the Oscars go last night. But I thought it would be a fun exercise to try this. Okay. Um, there were a lot of movie Disney movies nominated that didn't win in various categories. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those being... Um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. I think it was nominated for some visual effects and some sound editing and things like that. I never get those. Those movies usually get kind of pushed into those, mm-hmm. but it was nominated. Uh, Avengers Endgame was nominated. The Lion King was nominated for visual effects and none of them won. Right. I like to think that maybe they split all the Disney votes. You know what I'm saying? That, must, that might've been it. That and been. so it let 1917 won visual <laughs> effects. And again, I, I, I hear it's on my list of movies to see. I really want to see it. I hear it's in, in, insanely awesome, but you cannot tell me that it's better than either Avengers Endgame <laughs> or Rise of Skywalker for visual effects. I mean, plain and simple. It's just, yeah. that's, I think that it, when they, maybe, I don't know if they do this, when they found out it wasn't going to win Best Picture 1917, they're like, oh, we got to give it something, <laughs> you know? So maybe, I don't know. But these, who is the, the Academy, the uh, Arts and yeah, the Academy. Academy. They, they probably, I think, have a little bit of bias towards or uh, against, I should say, the, the popular movies, the, the superhero movies. The, I, I, we could do a whole conspiracy theory episode on this, <laughs> but, you know, you don't see a lot of great movies nominated. So right. I thought it'd be cool maybe if we took a minute to talk about things that maybe in the last year we thought should have been nominated for various 
categories or maybe even best picture that didn't. Mm-hmm. Is there any, okay, first of all, that's the first question. Are there any movies you saw, Disney movies you saw in 2019 that should have been nominated for best picture in your mind that were not? For best picture. Best picture. Best picture in 2019. I think it would have been nice if they had, if, if Endgame had been nominated. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I didn't, I don't, it's not that I expected it because there does see, there does seem to be a resistance to that. But I mean, it was such. But there were some incredible, I mean, there were some good, really, really strong performances in there too. It was a really good movie. And, and again, it's sort of the seasonal thing. And we remember out, we were talking before we started. I remember Lord of the Rings, Return of the King won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like there's not a, a precedent for a big budget epic end of the story movie winning best mm-hmm. picture. There's a, there's a pattern. There's a precedent already for that with Return of the King. Return of the King was a great one. of my, It's one of my favorite movies. It's right. fantastic. And and Black Panther was nominated for best picture. Black pa- I think in exact. I think it would have been nice to get uh, ten movies right. for a, a movie of that magnitude and that scale. The highest grossing movie of all time. Was Avatar nominated? Yes, it was. Titanic's next? Yes, it was won everything, right? Mm-hmm. So how, I think that's actually, I think it's a legit like snub argument. Like Endgame should have been nominated. On top of that, Robert Downey Jr. should have been nominated for Best best Actor. I, I'll stand by that. Like I think the what he did as Tony Stark and Iron Man, I know he's, it's a comic book, he's not, but none of these characters in any of these movies that were nominated were real, save Al Pacino who played Jimmy Hoffa in The Irishman. They're all playing fictitious, fictitious characters. Right. And, I, and who did it better than, than Robert Downey Jr. for, for Tony Stark? I mean, yeah. it's just insane. So I think he was, no, I, I would put him on the list too. Yeah, I think, I think that would have been great. And so- Next okay. question, Oscar related. Okay. Let's just take out what should have been, what snubs, whatever, but let's put what would be nominated in your best Disney best picture category for 2019 up till now. So of the last year, if you were going to make your best picture category, and it could only be Disney movies, only be Disney movies. What five, and we'll, we'll do this together. Of so, the past year? Well, that's the Oscars are like... You need to see like, you know, like Captain Marvel till Captain Marvel, Rise of Skywalker, Toy Story four, Frozen two, all everything that came out last year for best pick for best pick your best movies are my favorite. (laughs) Well, you get to be the guy. So you get to you get to be the one that nominate does all the nominating. You have all the power, all the votes. You can manipulate them. You can hand up the envelope if you want. Well, I'll I'll, all the uh, that's doesn't have to be definitive, but. It's got to be like. Well, well, I think if I'm, I'm, I could pick five. Pick five. I would in any order. They have, they any order, in no particular order. Well, in game would be in there, of course. Okay. And Toy Story four would be yep, in there. Yep. I'm thinking of trying to trying to think of everything that came out this past year, so I don't forget anything. I wouldn't. I enjoyed Captain Marvel, but I wouldn't put it in my top five. Um. I'm Googling as we speak so I can give yeah, you. Yeah, because you, uh, this was a cheese. fun challenge off the top of my head. Um, well, I mean, definitely would the, my top two favorites would have been Endgame and, and uh, okay, would Toy you, Story 2. So here, I'll, I'll go through the list. Live Action Aladdin. And, no, I wouldn't put that in there. Lion King. Live Action Lion King. Or- <sighs> and not really, because it's really is a it's a remake, and so it's... It doesn't seem the same to me. Okay. Um, you had Captain Marvel, who said you would not put in there. Um, uh, I, okay. How about Dumbo? 
No, I was put okay. that in there. That's interesting. I, I, and I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't think of it as well, one. I think I'm we talk. enjoyed all these. Yeah. And we'll tell you. We'll I'm not be tearing with anything down. If, but if there's something we don't like, we'll tell you. But we do generally like Yeah, I, just, I usually don't typically, typically walk out and go, that was bad or I will was say, miserable. Do you think Dumbo was a bit of a disappointment? In terms of like box office, it's sort of like you. I was, I was really, I was really hoping that it would be great in the sense that it would a, a new generation would have an appreciation for the story and it would go a new place. It didn't really, it didn't seem to take off like I wanted it to. I, I agree. I think it underwhelmed. Right. You know, um, I agree. Previews looked really cool. You know, and I love lot, Tim Burton. Uh, Dumbo ranks really high on a uh, you know to a lot of people and a lot of lists I've seen on greatest animated features. Yep. It's it's uh, has lots of a lot of critics praise it very highly, but you don't see it winning with a with a younger audience. So I was really hoping that that movie would. I thought adding adding some kids to the story was gonna uh, take it to a whole new place. It just didn't. It didn't seem to take off like. Like I wanted it to. Okay, no, rise no pun intended. <laughs> Dumbo didn't seem to take off. I like again. that. Uh, rise of Skywalker. Well, that's actually the only one that I haven't seen. How can you not have seen Rise Be- of Skywalker? Because we, did, we, we didn't get to go at the theater. And so then. I know, you, I know you've attempted a couple out. of times. No, that would be on my, I would put that in the top five. Rise of Skywalker, I thought yeah. was a very, very good movie. I'm looking through here. You know, I don't know if I would. Well, if we have to, if we have to pick five. I guess Frozen Two would probably go on it. Also, we're at three now. Oh, of, of the of the ones from this past year, I would yep. definitely put that. Even though it's a it's a sequel, I would have put that in over Aladdin and Lion King. Okay. Um, Although I think Lion King was beautiful. You know, it was it's, it's amazing to look at. Um, it looks like there was a was there a Maleficent. Yes. Okay. Did you see it? Yes, but and, I don't know if I would put it in my top five. Okay. What okay. about A Lady and the Tramp? No, I really wouldn't put Disney that Plus. one in there. Either. Okay. <laughs> uh, Noel, the Christmas movie. No, I wouldn't put Noel okay. in there. I think I would stick with. I know that I'm going to think that about Rise of Skywalker, so I would probably you know, preemptively put that. Well, I mean, I'm doing the same thing with Frozen too. I haven't seen it, but yeah. I've read enough reviews and kind of get it that it's probably. See, we there. we we always go as a Thanksgiving tradition to go to what and so that was that was the movie this year so we always as a family go to something on Thanksgiving. Well, that's it. There's uh, so I don't I, have any other Disney movies that came out. So we we only made 4. We, I think we got 4, right? Yeah, those would have been uh, the yeah. Well, I think there was only 8. But now here's the jokes on us because it doesn't really matter. All these movies made a billion dollars. <laughs> Save Dumbo, except for Dumbo and Lady and the Tramp. I mean, that's seriously, it's as amazing the success of these movies. So so yeah, if if now if you were going to give the best picture award to one of those four nominees, who would you give it to, David? Who gets the best picture, best Disney picture of 2019? Well, you know, I'm going to lean towards the animation on every, almost every time. So I I would have given it to Toy Story 4. That's fair. That's fair. But and mainly because Endgame is not my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Okay. So neither is, is Toy Story 4 my favorite anime, animated movie of all time. But anyway. I would. I, I love Toy Story 4. That's a fair. I would have. I I would have mainly Maybe that's why Endgame wasn't. We were, we were, it's such a big story. There's so many pieces that, that are being tied up said, I don't know. I'm, I need, you know, I, I want to, I, I need to watch Endgame again. It's just so long. I yeah. haven't sat down to do it. Lately. No, I would not argue with you on Toy Story 4. It was great. 
I would pick Endgame um, precisely for the reason you said it is long. Right. There's a lot of moving pieces. Definitely a, a, a huge achievement. So it's that's what I, I, I again, it's two parts of two movies, right? Right. And it was so well woven together. Right. And there's always a, a, a hole here or there when something's that big. How can there not be? But for them to pull off what they pulled off. Right. Um, and just those big moments where I think I've cried over this in the, in, on our podcast, <laughs> but like the big moments where the reveals and just the emotional pulls that it has for you with these characters you, you've fallen in love with and gotten to know over the last, you know, 15 years. It was an incredible into the saga who I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. was the, the linchpin of, right. you know, the, the cornerstone of the entire yeah. franchise and the way he went out was just perfect. I couldn't have, couldn't have picked it any better myself. And I would probably do Toy Story 4 next and then Rise of Skywalker third. And right. I loved Rise of Skywalker, which tell, that tells you how much I love Toy Story 4. And um, But I don't think Rise of Skywalker, I think it was making up for some past. It had some ground to catch up on. Right. And I think it did for the series. So it was starting from further behind than Endgame was for me or Toy Story 4. Um, but I think those three, but I'd give the, I'd give the trophy to Endgame. You'd give it to to Toy Story 4. So we need somebody to email in and break this tie. Um, and we'll maybe we'll make a little trophy and put a little award out on the on the blog. Well, again, you know, I'm an animation geek, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll lean that way because I'm every time I see something like that, you and you just see the the skill that goes into that. Yeah. It just it's like I want that to be rewarded. But well, in yeah. game in game's incredible. That's, well, a, that's a tough call. Do, let me ask you, do you see um and we've kind of alluded that we have these versions of this conversation all the time, but do you see maybe Toy Story as a little more authentically Disney than in game? I know it's Pixar. Well, it's not like right. you know Cinderella. Well that's I mean it's just changing. I mean yeah it's changing. So I'm I'm getting in, I'm getting used to the whole to the whole Marvel and Star Wars being part of the family. But so. do you think that colors like your opinion sometimes I mean you're an animation guy, so that's obviously Disney influence, but like does does I think to the average person, do you think Toy Story is viewed as well that's Disney? And Marvel and Marvel characters are still not quite viewed. Oh, those are Disney characters. Right. I you, definitely remember feeling that way about Pixar for a while. Like, is that the same? You know, back in the day when yeah. I was very young. But interesting. The, but no, I don't. I don't really think that way. It all is. It's all is. It is all in the family now. Now, but one thing we didn't really talk about was you know when I saw the news today and it said Disney one of the big winners at the Oscar. There were some Fox. Oh yeah, movies that won that were Century Fox, Fox Searchlight. But I don't really consider that. You don't yet. Yeah. When they have a a Bart Simpson is in the electric parade, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's going to be the day, right? Yeah. Um, We'll see. Well, I will say like, uh, so Ford versus Ferrari won and Disney owns that, that studio now. Um, And one, I think one of the guys who did the acceptance speech, I think they won a sound editing award or something like that actually alluded to, this is the last Fox movie ever made, a 20th right. Century Fox movie ever made, um, which is interesting, but... Yeah, I didn't understand that comment. Like, I understood what he meant, but was you that... Think, was that a side co- kind of... Was that being, was that being, yeah, was that a snarky comment? You know, now that I think about it, it might have been, because that's where you would hear those things, like, Disney's... They didn't cut away to Bob Iger, who I saw in the audience, but... Yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I was like, what was the intent of that? And why, out? why they're making more movies. It's not like the studio is shutting down. Yeah. So this, there will be more movies made under that, that brand as I would assume. Unless he knows something we don't know that it's going to, I'll bet it was just a swipe. Disney Fox 
Disney owns everything. Disney, it was, just, it was a grumpy old man. That's what it was. That's what I, <laughs> he, he didn't seem very happy to win. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, dude. You just won an Oscar. And that's a great movie, too. Ford versus Ferrari is fantastic. It's a one of, well, actually, well-deserved nomination for Best Picture. So, yeah, that kind of wraps up the Oscar news, I think. So moving on to other Disney news. Um, there's just a couple other things. There was a, kind of a quiet news week with the Oscars and some other things and post-Super Bowl. But I did see... That this was, we always talk, we don't get every single piece of Disney news. We're only the stuff we're interested in, and we think Mm -hmm. you would be too. Um, Something that interested me this week was that uh, the news that Disney Cruises would be starting to have ports out of New Orleans, which is a little bit closer to where I live. So if I I could drive to New Orleans to get on a cruise a few hours sooner than it would take me to drive to uh, Port Canaveral to get on Mm -hmm. a, a cruise. So the second thing is that I am probably most excited about. Um, is that they're they're getting closer and closer to completion on the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser experience that they're going to open up next year, and they announced this week. If you if you're not familiar, that is a new hotel immersive mm-hmm. hotel experience that actually works more like a cruise, right? Where it's a two day two night experience. They just released a trailer for it too. Um, we posted that through the Twitter if you'd like to see it. Um, and we'll put it in the show notes also where your family arrives, you check your bags in and you get into this transport pod where they transport you to space. You know, my, my, my youngest son is not sure is really geeked out about that going <laughs> to space, you know, until we try to explain to him, no, this is kind of a simulated thing. And you end up on a spaceship mm-hmm. and you spend two days in space learning to be a Jedi in in this immersive Star Wars world where I think even when you eat, there's aliens there eating with you. Yeah. Um, you train with an actual training training droid with a lightsaber. Right. They prepare you for this attack that's supposed to happen. You get a transport to a unique, uh, special entrance to Galaxy's Edge also right there. And you're just all Star Wars for two days, two nights. I'm yeah. completely immersive. Yeah. It's like... I don't know if there's ever been a hotel experience like quite like this. Right. It's kind of a new sort of thing. And I'm excited for it. But I'm the news this week was that they're going to start taking reservations uh, later this this year. It will probably go as fast as boarding pass tickets for <laughs> boarding you know, passes for rides. Well, I think there's only like 68 rooms. Yeah. And and so that thing's going to be packed. That's going to be will. full. It, it, it's amazing to me. And I guess that's kind of good and bad in a way. Like it's, if there were, you know, 3000 rooms that would probably change the experience a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, but 68 rooms, I bet you would, it, it sounds to me like you, you really, you're going to get to know other people. It's going to be like, you're there with other star Wars fans. Right. I think that's going to add to the authenticity. You're not going to see tourists everywhere. And probably at 68 people, let's say five people per room. That's uh, you know, what 350 people guests, right. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. this, this place. And I would say your cast members are in, you know, a good number. So the ratio of cast members dressed up to guests is probably going to be pretty remarkable. And I'm just really excited to see how this kind of all comes together. And I'm saving my money. Um, I have a family of six, so I may have to take a second mortgage out or, (laughs) but all that to say, like, I really wanted to experience this. So when they said reservations start this fall, um, your boys are right at an incredible age for that. They would, they would, if, if I had, if I had boys, four boys, your kids ages, I would definitely choose. I would invest my money in that experience over just the cruise. 
Really? Yes, definitely. Well, and it's not, I think the, the price is comparable. And now the per night, maybe not, right. but like a two day, two night thing for that, it's expensive, but you know, you go down there too, you're going to probably want to spend a couple extra days in the park. So it's the whole deal all together, but I'm definitely eyeballing. And if anybody out there is like independently wealthy and wants to send a, a poor <laughs> podcaster and his family of six to, or chip in with that, you're welcome to do that. We, but yeah, I, that's all that news this week. I'm super excited about that. Um, probably I'm going to try to figure out a way to get my name on that list as best I possibly can. You should go too. You should you just bring the family. We should all go. We just, we just went, we were just there this month. So until I, until this next I, year, it's next yeah. year. It's a whole, but I've got a son that's thinking about going to school in uh, Florida. So I may be going more often. Dude, that would be, that would be great. I'm you telling know, you. If I'm already down there, I may as well stop. Right. Yeah. I'd love to do an episode. We need to have a guest on um, a Florida resident that has a Disney pass and uses it a lot Mm -hmm. and just get there. I'd love to like ask them questions and get their experience about how much they use it. If it's something they do every weekend or something they forget about and they just kind of have as kind of a backup. I'd be interested to talk to some. I think we should try to make that happen at some point in the future. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I don't have a lot of other news. Um, I think we've through the Oscars and the Disney Plus stuff and the park stuff. I think we've kind of hit most of the news I had for this week. So now the news I'd like I'd like to talk about is your year okay. of Disney Challenge is still ongoing. Yes, and I like to give her the how's it going? Still, uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm fine. I've just I've had not, had not as much time with work and all to watch as much as I want. So I'm moving a little bit slower. Yep, <laughs> I thought I would be through the 20s and at least into the 30s by now. But I've, uh, I've finished a great book uh, called uh, Walt Before Mickey, uh, Disney's Early Years, 1919 to 1928. It's written by a guy named uh, Timothy Susanan. Okay. I'm not sure if it's Susanan or Susanna, but it looks S-U-S-A-N-I-N. Okay. And uh, uh, Diane Disney Miller, uh, Disney's daughter. I wrote the foreword to the book. Uh, it's 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 just really good. It's I mean it's all about 1910 to 1928. So it's everything that leads up to the creation of Mickey Mouse, gotcha. and then it and then that's where the book ends. That's and there uh, there's been a movie based on the book, but I did not I haven't seen the movie before. But so the book is very good. It's about the early years in Kansas City all the way up until the move to to L A. and starting Disney Brothers Studio, which becomes Walt Disney studios and uh and just that whole story of how things work out and very very specific detail and just again the cast of characters the people that he's involved with all the way in kansas city in 1919 1920 that some of those people would work with him like uh byworks are going to work with him Mm -hmm. all the way into the 60s it's just an amazing story and several of the guys that he works with early on are be guys that go on and start merry melodies and work for mgm and doing uh different uh uh, animation uh, organizations um, later on. And so uh, just amazing how many talented people he was working with right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. So you were, we talked about in the last episode, you know, kind of some of your impressions as you were reading, you're finished with the book now. Yeah. So um, I'm curious to know a couple of things. First, the perspective, it's historical, yes. you know, about obviously, it, do you get a lot of, is it a lot of editorial in there about? This was not a lot of editorial. Okay. It's very fact-based, which I, I really liked in this because it just, it's giving you a lot of information that I didn't know, but it's, it's, it reads very well, but it's not of a, it's not a lot of opinion. It's okay. not a lot of editorializing and, you know, what's, Walt's 
inner drive all about. This is just the facts and stories. But a lot of it's created just from interviews that he either he's used archival interviews or he's interviewed all these people himself at one time. But he interviews people that worked with Walt and a lot of these great uh, pioneers of animation yeah. that were alongside Disney from the beginning and ask, you know, t- and they'll tell about why they left the company and why they went somewhere else. And so it's, but it's the years he's creating uh, a series called Laughograms. Then he, mm. that, that, they go bankrupt. So then he uh, starts a new series called Alice Comedies, which are live action girl in an animated world. From there, he goes to the Oswald Adventures of Oswald uh, series that gets uh, kind of taken away from him because he's working with a distributor that kind of pulls the pulls it out from under him. And so then from there, he goes on to create Mickey Mouse. But it's uh, really interesting. There was a lot of information I did not know. And I've, I've read awesome. I've read a lot of biographies about him, but definitely the most in-depth about that era. So while I've been watching this. I watched all the laughograms that I, everything you could find. Some of the, some of that early materials lost. You can't even find it. And it's amazing to think that there, are, and even in the Alice comedies, which come later, there's just some they don't have copies of anymore. Yeah. They're this lost forever. They know they were made. They know events, uh, but there, there's no copies of it. Uh, but I've watched the Alice comedies, worked my way through the, through the Oswald years, and I'm uh, now getting ready to start watching through all the early Mickey Mouse black and white cartoons again. If you were going to Let's say you're at an Oscar party or something like that, and your this book comes up, mm-hmm. and you're gonna say, "Did you know? I did you know?" Like if you had like your top three, I don't want to put pressure on you to get you rank these things, but if you're gonna say, "Hey, I le- I was reading this book and I learned." this. Did you know? Give us like a did you know from this book, kind of the biggest one that would kind of hook you in. um, Well, again, I did not realize that a lot of the guys that he started working with, he's basically they started this this organization called the film Kansas City Film Ad Company. Mm -hmm. That's where they all are getting their training. And, you know, basically Walt uh, gets a book out of the library um, and on animation. That's where they're all learning <laughs> their, their trade from just a book from the library, and they're just trying things out. But the, I think the, the top thing would be that, you know, Ru- Rudolph Ising and the, the Harmon brothers and Ub Iwerks, that these guys were all in Kansas City, and they're all going to go make huge yeah, who are these guys exactly? What do they What do they do? Well, Rudolph, do? Rudolph Ising is they, they're also just learning animation together. Right. But the, like Ising and uh, Harmon are going to go on and start working Warner Brothers and doing Merry Melodies and things yeah. like that. And that they're all there in Kansas City just figuring things out. So that was interesting. There was another great comment that I thought was really at one point. It said he uh, Walt in between jobs delivered mail. Hmm. So there's these kind of funny oh, things. Side hustle. When, yeah, side hustle when he was in, trying to make ends meet is delivering mail part time when uh, in between jobs trying to get these studios. Dude, what a so. great lesson, though, for anybody who has a dream and wants to do something. It's just not handed to you. Right. You know, you, it takes hard work, it takes dedication, failure after failure, seeming like it's failure. But you're learning every step of the way yeah. and you have to pay the bills. You have to may have to deliver mail. You yeah. may have to work, uh, I don't know, at a retail job or a fast food or whatever, but you, you make money to make it and your, right. your passion for what you love drives you to do something bigger. And the, the, that's inspiring. It's also another thing that I, another thing I really love is that he, how many people he had around him that really supported him mm. who, you know, even financially were, were investing in him from the early days and trying to help him that really could could see that he he's on to something and believe him, including his brother. But the you know just 
family and yeah. and and, for, and people in that Kansas City community and how they invested in him to try to keep him going. What do you think it was? Do you think it was his his ability to he was a salesman, his ability to pitch a vision, or do you think it was just they recognized the talent and like, or is it just one of those? There's some people you meet you're like I don't care what it is, whatever that guy's in on, I'm in on too. Was he one of those kind of? I think, I think it's got to be some of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, obviously, he was very, uh, very charismatic and very, uh, very strong salesman. In fact, yeah. I think that's why when he in these early films that I was watching, he actually does the animation. Mm-hmm. But as he as he starts drawing more talented artists around him, he he moves into uh, more of the the role of leader, and, and I think because he was such a good salesman and such a good director as of people, and and definitely could see potential in people. He had a, obviously had had an ability to go. This guy's got talent. I need to I need to keep him yeah. close by. And and, and so, so it looks like very quickly he learned what his 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 skill set was, like his his um what he was great at, and also and, seemed to be just. And, you know, an unsinkable spirit. Yeah. You couldn't, you know, he loses, he's invested all this time and energy into this staff and into this character Oswald mm-hmm. and suddenly it's gone and he, well, I guess I've got to get a new character. And he, you know, doesn't really seem to lose any speed. It's like yeah. they go back and they're like, well, we're going to, we're just going to regroup and I've still got a uh, Byworks and uh, he had hired Les Clark early on uh, already by then, which is he's going to go on to be one of the nine old men, mm. one of the biggest animators uh, at Disney Studios for the next 40, 50 years. And so go back just a second. You said the character, you know, Oswald, it got all got shut. Explain that, because that, that's a huge less object lesson. This is a Paul Harvey kind of episode now. <laughs> but like what happened with that? Like what, what did he have invested? What, when it all came kind of to a halt and crashing and what happened around that? Well, they're, they're creating, they're creating these animation shorts called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. exactly? Disney is creating Oswald for, the Lucky Rabbit and he for, has a distributor. He, for the, okay. he has a distributor uh, that he's working with who, their job is to get them out in, into theaters. Okay. So he has a distribution deal basically with, originally with this uh, lady named Margaret Winkler. Then Margaret Winkler marries uh, a man named uh, Charles Mintz and he's, he's just a lot more difficult to work mm-hmm. with. In fact, a lot of people think, well, I think it's kind of understood, but in toy in, in the movie Up, mm-hmm. the, the, the bad guy is Charles Muntz. They've kind of named him after this, this guy that robbed, uh, uh, really didn't rob, but he had the, they had the rights. The rights Disney's basically working for them, but he didn't see it that. You could see that Disney obviously was a very trusting person. Right. And he, so he had created this. This was his baby. He's but created, the rights are owned by this right. company. And so basically, what Charles Mintz does is he hires all of the Disney, a lot of Disney's animators mm-hmm. away, and bring from and bringing them from LA over even to New York, and and just basically they D- Disney's wanting more money per per episode. They're wanting to give him less, and he's going, I can't, I can't make a profit this way. And and they're basically they they say, well, if you don't do it our way, we'll we'll just take it away. And so that's kind of in, in they just pushed up, him out. That's yeah. They just basically shut him out of the whole 
system. And like you said, what what you know what was birthed from that? Like you think of what what if that relationship would have continued in a healthy way, and he would have just kept creating you know this character for this this distributor. You know, through I think that there's a lesson, huge lesson here that in adversity and in your failure, man, the next thing is going to be even better or greater. Right. And and the entire Disney empire as we know it may not exist like we know it had that tragic circumstance and, of losing a character you created and all of your your, your rights to it. You well, know, think you, about all the animators that left him mm. to continue doing Oswald. Yeah. And then within a few years, Mickey Mouse is one of the most recognized symbols in the world and, and so just so successful themselves yeah going oh what, or can we have our jobs what, back yeah or? what did i do yeah really amazing one of the most amazing turnaround stories like that but it just speak to his spirit you know and his like unbreak like you just said his unbreakable spirit and like i said i keep coming back to like it's just a lesson for all of us to to keep plugging and see every even adversity or hurdle or obstacle as an opportunity right well, as a kid, you know, I, I think I've told you this before. I read, uh, I did like somewhere around late elementary or uh, middle school, the, a really good biography on Disney, and it kind of, I that was what first drew me into this whole uh, admiration for everything he's done because he really did face some huge obstacles yeah. along the way and just kept going and was constantly doing things that everybody would say. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody mm. wants to go to that. Nobody will do this. And he just keeps yeah. plugging away and creates this huge entertainment. That's fascinating. So yeah. the name of the book? Uh, it was called Walt Before Mickey, Disney's Early Years, 1919 to 1928. Did you get that on Amazon? I, I actually did order this from Amazon. Okay. You can. It's also on audible.com. Okay. So you can listen uh, to you it. You can listen to we it. We should link that in the show notes for everybody if you want to pick it a cup up a copy of this. Um, we'll do that and maybe tweet out a link to it as well. Um, but you would, would you, I'm guessing you would recommend this. It's, I would recommend it, very- it. And I'm going to, I'm getting ready to start some, uh, I'm going to read some more, uh, biography. So if anybody's got some great suggestions, I'd love to hear like, what's a great, uh, great Disney biography, uh, Disney history specifically type book that you would, you'd recommend. I'd love to get some more opinions before I dive into the next book. Heck Yeah. That sounds great. Well, I think it sounds like even though you're a little bit maybe behind where you hoped you'd be, your year of Disney Challenge is going really well. Can't wait till next week to figure out, see what you watched or read or or learned this week and your your journey. And yeah, thanks for sharing that with us, David. Hey, it's fun. Thanks. Um, and I guess we should wrap it up now. Man, thank you so much for listening. We wanted to directly address you guys. Uh, when we look at you know the countries that are represented on the people that are listening to the podcast and how quickly it's kind of um, made its way across, across the world just a little bit at a time. It's really kind of <laughs> kind of amazing. And yeah. we thank you for, for listening with us. And if we can ever serve you in any way, please let us know. Our website is whyilovedisney.com. Um, there's a contact form there where you can um, email us. As always, we'd love to know what, what you love about Disney. Why do you love Disney? Let us know. We'll talk about it on the air. And we also have a Twitter account now, at whyilovedisney1, the number one. Whyilovedisney, the number one. You can find us. We try to tweet out... Um, different news links and things on there as well. But yeah, that's that's it. Thank you so much. We'll be back um, really soon with a new episode. So hang in there. David, anything else to say? No, I had a great time. Enjoy talking to you. Been awesome. Till next time. And that's why we love Disney. Why do you love Disney? Let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter at why I love Disney one or on our website, why I love Disney.com. 